actually is a podcast about reimagining the way we approach the entirety of the birthing year. Margot's goal is to combine her radical imagination with her knack for strategizing to bolster the birth revolution and a larger global revolution of feminine consciousness. Actually is a production of the Indie Birth Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Now here's your host, midwife and teacher, Margot Blackstone. All right, go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Hi, I'm. my name is Desiree. You can call me Des. And I am from Ottawa, Canada, Ontario. And... I am a full-time entrepreneur. I just graduated, well, graduated. I just completed the Birth Warrior Project with Indie Birth, which was an amazing experience. And I am starting up my doula business. I also offer coaching. So I got my life coaching certification and I specialize in women empowerment and business clarity if you're a startup as well. And apart from that, I am launching an online store very soon with my own herbal products and all in line with doula and pregnancy and birth and postpartum and all of that stuff. So I'm really excited to do that. Thank you for having me. Yes, you are welcome. I'm so glad you're here. What is, okay, so I guess this was maybe your first question. I was just going to say, what is, oh wait, it's not your first question. Maybe it is a question. What is your business name? My business name is Dula Des. Dula Des Ottawa is a lot of my handles for Instagram, Facebook page. So that's my name. And my online store is Zena Apotheca. But the forefront of my business is Dula Des Ottawa. Perfect. Okay. So let's get into it. So your question was, should I separate doula services and coaching services tab? So tell me more what you mean by that. I think I know what you mean, but... Yeah, it's just, there's a lot going on my website and I'm just wondering if it would be more clear for me to separate because the empowerment coaching, yes, could be in line with mothers and their pregnancy, but I offer prenatal coaching. So I'm wondering if I should separate that to make it clear that it's not all kind of, it's kind of different, but I have a lot of tabs already. So I just want it to be clear and easy and user-friendly and I'm just not sure if that would make it I don't know, a little clearer for people coming on my website. Do you already have like a, a, is your business coaching or your, sorry, your empowerment coaching, is that already like up and running? Is it something you're wanting to build or tell me more about that? I already have like clients from my schooling. Like I did a lot of free coaching to begin with. So it's already up and running and I have like already word of mouth, people reaching out to me, hearing about it. So it's up and running, but not online, just through through people talking. Okay. It's a good question. I guess a thought I have, it's twice as much work to set up in some ways, but I guess a thought would be that it might make sense to have them be separate entirely if they're not the same target client. But I guess, tell me more about your target client, because maybe they are the same. Yeah, I think that I have tried to keep it the same just because when I think of having to completely separate it, it just, it's overwhelming as one person running everything that like, and my target is mostly women, young mothers, entrepreneurs who are looking to create a second or an extra source of income or women in the postpartum who are like, you know what, I already offered services. I'd like to like fully start a business or just looking to gain confidence in general, because birth work is a lot around, revolves a lot around women, I'm thinking that it's been aligned already. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting question. And something I grapple with too, like here we are on a business coaching call, but I'm a midwife. So it's one of those things where I've thought a lot about this myself, like how to especially if I were ever going to be offering this more specifically and putting more effort towards it. Yes, it's overwhelming, but it sounds like the target person is different enough. Like right now, I think this can work 
but I would say long-term, if you want to keep doing both, I would probably split them into two different sites Mm -hmm. that could be connected to each other through various methods. Like we have our IndieBirth.org site, and then we also have IndieBirthMidwiferySchool.org, and they communicate back and forth a little bit, but they're mostly, they are two completely separate websites. And even with that, it was like, so I guess there's many ways in which I have struggled with these same questions, not just in my own like life around, I'm a midwife. I also do business coaching. I also like to do women's coaching outside of pregnancy, but also within the little indie birth world of like indie birth was started for moms. And now it's also for doulas and it's also for midwives. It's like, ah, this constant juggle. So if yeah. I could go back and do it again, I guess my thought is I'd probably do it the same, but for someone who's just starting out. And if you're not specifically wanting to do women's coaching, if it, you said mostly women, so if you even maybe want to coach men, and if you maybe want to coach older women who aren't in the birthing years or girls, if it's not the yeah. exact same target, I would eventually piece them into two two things especially because you did a great job on this website it looks really beautiful you could literally just duplicate it change tweak the color scheme a little bit put in the correct information for this other venture and then when you're talking to people you can have two separate things that you're presenting for clarity's sake it's a great way to look at it in terms of okay long term short term like for now i can keep it and then tweak it as i go um I guess nothing is really set in stone. I always look at, I'm like, oh, how can I make the website just a little bit better? And I'm always so perfectionist, but it's, it's an ongoing process. Yeah. Totally. Okay. And I guess my thought with the separate tabs thing, I think under services, it's fine. And I like that you distance them, the prenatal coaching and empowerment coaching. I do wonder if there'd be a way to more specifically, for me, it would make sense for it to be called if you were only working with women, like women's empowerment coaching to make it clear that it's not just like birth related or even just life coaching or something to make it more distinctly. I don't know. Cause I would read down this list and my brain would just assume, okay, virtual doula, prenatal coaching, home birth doula. Like I would assume that empowerment coaching is about the birth and pregnancy based on that list. Cause it's the only outlier. Yeah. It confirms what I was thinking too, because it's, sounds too similar in line when I wanted to stand out a little bit. So yeah, maybe changing the wording. Okay. Yeah. Or you could have another tab home about birth services and then life coaching or like you could, Uh, yeah, you could pull it out that way as well. What happens? Oh, sorry. Go for it. I even wondered with like prenatal coaching, if there was like a better term for that, like instead of using the coaching, because I don't know. Because then it would be more separate. I'm not coaching you prenatally, but I am giving resources, all these things. It's a little different than the empowerment that I'm offering. Yeah, maybe prenatal education. Yeah, that would work too. Yeah. Yeah, play around with that, and then that would make it more distinct as well. Yeah. Even though I do think a lot of prenatal in in this conversation and with conversations with other doulas and midwives, like I do think what we're doing is coaching often, but that's not how most people perceive it. Um, Yeah. So they might not know what that means even. They might be intrigued, but to keep it separate from your other coaching, if there's another word that feels similarly good, then that might be a good idea. Yeah. What happens when they click book a call? on your bar at the top so it should i hope i think i double checked the buttons but it should go to a scheduling so either they can do a discovery call and i didn't put all of the options but if someone really just wanted one straight session they see a birth story session prenatal coaching or prenatal visit or something like that and then one's coaching session by itself so if someone is looking to like work on a longer time term basis, if they're a first time person, I would hope that they press the discovery call so that we can just chat, see what's best for them and how we can best work together. Awesome. Yeah. That looks great. And that's different than your contact page. It is. Yeah. I see it now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 
yeah, this all looks great and it all flows together nicely and seems like you've thought it out. How did you pick your colors? Originally, my last business, I had the red, but I don't know. Purple just feels like it represents me very well. And I like the spiritual like significance of it. It's very much all the higher chakras and... I think that it is like a little calming, like with the lavender for me, it just makes me think of like soothing energy. So yeah. that's why I decided to go with it. I wasn't, I was a little unsure because I was like, it's pretty like bright, intense at the top, but I was like, ah, it works with my images and everything. And yeah, yeah, I, just, I like it. Just intuition with it. <laughs> it's great. It's pretty cool. So let's keep going down the list here. So your other question was Xena Apotheca. Treating it as a separate entity, hope to open a physical location in the near future. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I guess that's not much of so much of a question as it was just to for you to understand like a better feel of how my business is laid out. So again, I could take it as far as creating a whole new website for that one day too. But for now, I'm trying to keep it all in one. So yeah, it's just going to be an online store, like I said at the beginning, with products that I create myself and that are in line with my business. So a lot of my clients will receive most of it through the package. Like I just gift mm-hmm. these as an extra. But if people aren't working with me and they're interested in my products, they can go there and check that out. Yeah. Great. Well, let's talk about SEO which it sounds like you have already been doing today, but let's talk more about it. Yeah, I've been trying to educate myself and learn. As a business owner, it's like a huge learning curve. and But I enjoy just going out there and figuring it out all on my own, but it's nice to have a second opinion. So in terms of SEO, I guess it was more to do with marketing as well. So how to show up in Google searches, how to reach people online in this day in time with everything going on a lot more things are online and although I am a millennial I still don't really know all of the online world very well so SEO I think that I figured it out I'm using Squarespace as the hosting and it Mm -hmm. seems pretty simple that you just go in the settings and you add your descriptions and try to use keywords that will pop up on Google I think that's the gist of SEO, right? I think I was overthinking it all. Yeah, I think I'm not an SEO expert by any stretch, but that is also my understanding. Yeah, making sure you're using the keywords that somebody would actually be looking for where you live. Yeah. Making sure it's in all of the places where you can put SEO on Squarespace because they have those little slots for it. And then making sure that you also incorporate those keywords into your pages. And then driving traffic to your site somehow, which is why I do recommend that people have a blog or a podcast or something other than just like their list of services on their page or on their website. Because if you can get people to go there, it also shows the search engines that like your page is well trafficked and that also will boost your spot in the lineup over time. Mm -hmm. Can we talk a little bit more about podcasts in the sense that I just have mine linked on my website? Would it be... Mm. How to, like, I don't know what what my question is exactly, but... I know what your question is. So (laughs) yours, like podcasts, it takes you to Anchor and people listen there. So I actually don't know the answer to this because we have someone else help us with our podcasts now and before that I just did what Jason told me but there's got to be a way to also have it on your Squarespace site as a blog post so that you could post on social media or wherever you're going to post and you'd send people the link to go listen to it on your actual site I don't know exactly how you do that but there's I think I have an idea and I think that pretty much answers my question I would definitely have it both places. Both like on the anchor and on the website or? Yeah. You- yeah. Yep. And wherever else you can have podcasts be. See, yeah. this is where I'm like, I don't know that much about podcasts. But I do know that having it everywhere is good. More places equals better. And especially on your site so that people will 
go there, listen to it, and then click around and learn more about you perhaps as well. Hello, everyone. If you're enjoying this podcast, you'd probably really enjoy our other more in-depth offerings. We have a comprehensive course for mamas called 13 Moons, Epic Education for the Birthing Year, and an Everything You Need to Know course for aspiring doulas who want to change the world called the Birth Warrior Project, 120-Day Doula Training and Transformation. And for the real birth nerds who want to become home birth midwives, we have the Indie Birth Midwifery School. And you can find out about all of these options and more at IndieBirth.org. Um, going more on the side of marketing, can I go there for a minute? Yeah. I am, because I'm, a, I'm starting up this doula practice and I am looking at my budget in terms of how much I think that the beginning is the best time to be investing in advertising and putting yourself out there so people know that you're there. And I guess it's a very personal question, but do you feel like it's worth it, worth investing like that much, like a good chunk of your money at the beginning towards advertising and then you're going to get back that money through clientele or should I just do the free options more and slowly build? I would do a mix. I would do, I would, my advice would be to teach the labor blueprint, whether it's online or in person in today's day and age. And I would run ads to that on Facebook and Instagram for not a ton of money. So I would spend somewhere between $50 and a hundred dollars. If someone wanted to know like a concrete amount to advertise a free workshop. Okay. That's what I would do first. And then I would also consider once you've got clients coming in, I would consider doing like a low dollar per day advertisement on Facebook and Instagram. It's more just ideally what you would do is you'd run it to a freebie. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I've had to learn how to do all of this as part of Indie Birth. I think that's probably how you're sitting here. I bet you clicked the powerful doula handbook. Yep, that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It works. It's magical. We have, I want to say, a couple hundred people a month click that. Um, and it has not slowed down. It's been a year since we've run that ad. And I will also say setting them up is a giant pain in the ass. But once they're set up, can be really cool. So it's different. We're working on a not local level. And so I have less experience running local ads, but the principles largely remain the same. So you'd want to be not boosting posts. So anyone who's listening to this, don't waste your money boosting things. When Facebook's, Hey, do you want to boost this post? Don't do it. Go, you have to actually go into the ad manager and if you're not set up with that, you just get set up with that. It's pretty straightforward. As I recall, it was a long time ago, but like, there's nothing fancy. You just need a special ad manager mm-hmm. account. And then it's a set it and forget it kind of thing. You can also flip ads on and off. So if you're like, Hey, like I need more interest, more local interest, you could flip on your ad and have it be set for a couple dollars a day for the month and see what happens in terms of people clicking and downloading a freebie would be my best suggestion. You could also do a traffic campaign where you just are trying to get people to your page. You could also, since you're doing the podcast thing, which I think is great, you could do it to a podcast episode that's on your actual site and, but only target people within the radius that you're wanting to serve for births. Does that make sense? So you could bring attention to your most recent podcast, and then you could go in and you could swap out a different podcast so the content would be different and turn it on and off as you wished but the biggest thing I would do would be to drive to do a a campaign where you're getting people to register for a free workshop because you're getting them in front of you ideally if it's in person and through that two or three hours they're getting to know you and we'll have a good sense at the end of whether or not they want a doula and if they do they probably will want you so It's just like the best way to do it, I think. 
But second best, I think, would be either having a freebie or directing people to a podcast episode. Awesome. And then being careful about your audience and how you set it. Yeah, for especially and, for the local stuff, right? Yeah, so that's what's hard about local stuff is the audience just isn't as big. We're setting an ad at the world level, right? Like we target every single country that speaks English, even if they, even if it's like most people there speak English. Like we've got ads running. I can't remember where we recently, I recently added another country because I Google like where do people speak English the most in the world. So anyways, it's a lot of people. And so my ad sets, I try to target between two and 4 million people. Okay. But when you're at the local level, like there aren't going to be that many people. So it will usually cost more money to get the right person to look at something because it's a smaller pool. But it, so that's where the ad, like ad spend um, analysis comes in. And right, if you spend $50 and no one signs up for your class, like that sucks. But if you spend 50 bucks and you get one person and that one person hires you, then it's worth it. Yeah. Because they're probably going to tell all their friends. So it's just getting those first people. And so I would, I would make sure you're doing a good job doing the free advertising available to you for a workshop too. make sure you're not just relying on the ads but if you have the money, then it's worth trying the first time or two and see if it works well. Yeah. Because the difficulty with promoting a class is we often don't want to be like the weirdo posting in a group five times. Even though there's a local mom's group, like I don't, I post mine once and I always feel weird doing it. And so that where the ad will fill in the gaps is that it will show people again, often. And so maybe they'll then see it in two different places. And the second time is the time they actually have a chance to register. Whereas the first time their kid was screaming, people often need to see the same thing more than one time. But the way that most of us feel comfortable showing up is that we usually will post something one time. So we need to really post things like 10 times and then also run an app. (laughs) Yeah. And that is the uncomfortableness of the online world is like, struggling with your own mindset and not like letting that hold you back because posting a bunch of stuff and like when you're self-advertising it's okay am I annoying people what's going on but yeah it's something that I'm working on as well yeah what are your thoughts on sorry um, what was I gonna say oh the google side of things so I know that there's some kind of advertising with google which is like pay-per-click have you like dabbled around with that and is that useful like more for the local level yeah I think that is a good option at the local level it's something I did earlier on in my midwifery business and I feel like there was some success with that it's not something I do anymore and so I haven't done it in a while but I think it can be useful and it can help just get you to the top especially earlier on and if your market is more saturated I guess the reason I don't do it anymore is because the way my business shows up on Google is it's the first one anyways. So it felt silly to pay to be at the top and then also be at the top again. But yeah, that's definitely a valid option as well. Another thing I haven't explored, but would be really interesting for people to check out and report back if it's something that feels useful, particularly at the local level is YouTube ads. So if somebody's watching a birth related or parenting video you can pay to show up as an ad there and the only reason we haven't done it is because we haven't had time to make anything worth like we haven't had time to make an ad (laughs) but it's something that's been on our list for a long time because yeah if someone's watching birth videos like they should totally check us out for sure never even thought (laughs) of that that's cool so we have lots of options and it's just about, and I like that you said you used it more at the beginning, like the startup of your business. Cause that's what I was thinking, especially for the local level. And yeah. So I'll look into that more for sure. Yeah. And something I wanted to just say super quick was when you said self-promotion can sometimes feel weird. That's where it could also be helpful to have a few like ambassadors, so to speak. So if there's like people locally who like what you're doing, if you're, if you just nicely ask them, like, Hey, can you post this a couple times in that mom group? I don't want to be seeming like a weirdo. Can you do it for me? They'd probably be more than happy to. Yeah. That's a fun way. Sometimes you just have to ask. 
Yeah. I would not even thought of that. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about social media. You have a quite had a question about that. Clearing your thinking of clearing your page and starting fresh. What does, what do you mean by that? Social media. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, so I in the last year I really started, that's when I started to be like, I'm going to start a business, all this stuff. So I started being a lot more active online, posting valuable things and trying to gain interest and grow my following just to have a way to reach people from that free basis. And as I launched my first website, which was before I, I decided to become a doula, my my Instagram got shut down and okay. I, I lost everything and I was not able to get it back. So I was almost at a thousand followers and I got discouraged and now I have a new Instagram page. I have a very low amount of following, which I know at the end of the day, following is not that big of a deal, but it helps. I don't like to really look at the numbers, but so I'm just not sure how to approach social media. I feel like before I was taking up a lot of my time trying to come up with what do I post, taking pictures, uh, creating like little designs and stuff. And I felt like I was pouring too much time into that, which is not making me any, not giving me anything yeah. versus having it be more simple but still drive people to be like oh that's cool she's posting about this and it's a birth related let me follow her and it'd be like a quick and easy source of connecting with people you know what i mean like not overwhelming mm -hmm. and yeah i know i think that this is a really common question social media and also something I've been doing a lot more is emails, newsletters, and mm -hmm. no matter what, I always think, oh, I could quick just sit down and do this. And like, it's half an hour later. I'm a fast writer too. It's like a lot of energy to create something, yeah. especially that's going to just go through someone's feed and maybe they'll read it and maybe they won't. So I have a definite, I was going to say love, hate, but it's lorate hate relationship yeah. with Instagram and Facebook. Like, Facebook used to be a place where we had cool groups, but it was just so weird. That's why we ended up doing our own social media thing. So like our own social platform. And then Instagram seemed really promising with, oh, we can show cool birth photos. But now it just feels like the whole world is saturated in birth photos. And every time I go on there, it's just like, I don't, I'm a midwife and I like birth and I don't even want to see that many birth photos. I don't know where I would land with that. I think it's worth having a presence. I don't think it's worth spending a ton of time on. And the presence mostly is to just look somewhat like legitimate, right? Oh, that's their handle. I'll go check it out. And as long as it's not, I don't know, super lame, <laughs> people will just, oh, cool. Like they do posts occasionally. I, gu I guess it comes back to your target person, right? Like it all, all of it comes back to that. Is your target person on Instagram? Um, maybe. And if they are, like, how do you reach them? I guess something I've been trying to do more is like repurposing content. When I... And figuring out where I feel the most motivated to create. So I've been really enjoying doing podcasts like this, where I don't have to sit down and come up with an hour of stuff to talk about. It's more just a conversation that's also valuable for whoever's listening and the person across from me and fun for me to do. So that right now is feeling really a lot easier than when I'd be like, okay, let me do a podcast about meconium. Like, I have to do six hours of research first and then this and that. So I guess my point is do what feels easiest and then repurpose that. My email newsletter, I can send out like, hey, go listen to the podcast I made. So I don't have to do a whole like educational newsletter. I can just send it and point people towards what I've already done or what Marin's already done in the last few weeks. And then I also have been feeling really inspired to write in the email format. Last week, I think I sent a newsletter out about BV, bacterial vaginosis, because somebody asked me about it. And I was like, oh, I could write an answer. My inclination was not to go onto my onto the website and type it up as a blog post. It was to write it as an email for some reason. But afterwards, I was like, oh, I should totally make that into a post on the website. Why not? Mm -hmm. So try to not like reinvent the wheel over and over again. If there's one thing that's feeling easier, do that thing. And then repurpose it into these other formats if that makes sense yeah it does and I couldn't quite I've heard of this repurposing before but I couldn't quite envision like how that would look like but it it's the same content but it's in a different format and that makes sense now yeah or like with the bv email just since we already brought it up that could totally be made into an instagram post a facebook post 
and it could point to the website and then we get some people trafficking to the website to read it in full. It could just be like the first couple sentences or whatever, or just like a, a more funny interactive question about who here's struggled with BV, raise your hand or don't or whatever, (laughs) something like that. And then point them that direction. Yeah. Jenna Kutcher is someone who I've followed for social media advice. You could check her out. She actually lives near me. She should shout out to Jenna Kutcher. If you ever want to hang out in person, I live near you, but she has some really helpful courses and she has a podcast and she's, I don't know, I've felt really inspired by some of the ways that she repurposes her own content. And then I've used that as an example to, to do it myself. So that's a resource for you to check out. Um, what's feeling the easiest for you in terms of making content or engaging with people or yeah. It's a good question. Cause I have really not been hardly present at all on social media, especially like doing the birth warrior. Like I just focus all my energy on that and creating my website and everything. And I don't know what it looks like. I just cleared my slate completely and I'm starting with a whole fresh perspective. So that question is something I have to reflect on more. I do enjoy making videos and like being face to face, but I, I, now that I'm doing the podcast, I like that more because I feel like I was too focused on, Oh, now I have to look cute. Like I have to be presentable. And (laughs) I don't like the whole pressure of that. If I show up now, I just want to show up looking like whatever. I don't know what social media, like Instagram specifically, I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm not sure. Yeah. In this moment. Just something to think about. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, Figure out what you like doing the best. And then, yeah, if the podcasting thing is feeling enjoyable to you, people love podcasts. You could go with that. And then you can also turn them into transcripts. There are people Mm -hmm. who will do that for you out there in the world. Also, if you didn't want to do it yourself. And then you would have all the written content as well to pull from. We have people that help us with transcripts. For a while, I was doing like a weekly YouTube live, which now I'm not because that felt like really hard and draining. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it was really, it was also fun in some other ways. And so a few of the times I would get down and I was like, wow, I said some really good stuff. And so then I would ask the person who helps us, can you transcribe that one? (laughs) Because I kind of want to turn that into a post or pull some quotes out of it or whatever. Yeah, that's a a cool way to also then repurpose okay moving away from marketing and all seo and all that stuff as i'm starting my business i have my first client which i'm super excited about i was trying to create a what is it called like a business blueprint or just to see what how much income i would make how much money i would need all this stuff and trying to see how many clients a month would be feasible for me to have considering the different packages I offer. Of course, I have to consider how many births a month. I can only take a certain amount, but I'm curious, what does that look like for you in terms of just how many clients? I don't want to burn myself out as a doula to begin. And if I do end up like doing all these advertisements, getting a bunch of clients, great. But where do I draw the line and make sure that I am I'm able to serve everybody to the fullest of their capacity while still staying healthy and good myself. Yeah. Remind me what your package looks like. Okay. So looking on the site too. Yeah. My, my big, like my full service package is really, honestly, I model the, like the midwife kind of schedule in terms of how many visits and all of that. It just didn't feel it didn't resonate with me to only have a couple to three visits with a client. I really want to build that relationship. And it seems as though even the midwives that are in my region don't have as many visits with the clients. And so far it's been working out great. It's giving us a lot of time to be able to build a relationship, cover all topics in full extent. And I'm like, okay, one client, great. But what is that going to look like when I have multiple? So my full package, I see them once a month until we start at three months once a month until about seven months and then every two weeks for the till eight months and then once a week until 
they go into labor. And then I also attend them postpartum for about four or five visits, I believe. Hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. As a midwife, I can speak to that because it would be a similar schedule. Um, and it's it depends on the person, like the person. So for me, having two kids who are pretty little still, months where I have more than two feels like a lot for me, especially leading up to it. But that would not have been the case before having kids. I think I could have easily done four to six, probably. And it probably would have felt fine. But the other part is, so it's not just the births per month, which can certainly be tiring and taxing, but the visits. So yeah. right now, I try to keep all my visits to one day a week. And it's not possible with two a month or three a month. It, it inevitably sometimes spills over into a second day. So for me, more than one or two days a week would feel like a lot because of all the other work that I do. But if this was my full-time deal, then it wouldn't feel like as big of a deal. I could do three or four afternoons a week and it would feel fine. Okay. So just to frame it that way. Yeah. Yeah. So it depends how many visits you'd want to do in a day and how many days per week you'd want to be doing. But to give you a sense of that, yeah, I often... Some, day, some weeks I only see one or two people on a Monday. It's usually my day I see people. And then other weeks I'll see five. And that feels like a lot. Four or five feels like a lot. And so if I start getting close to that, I'll push into another day. Yeah. So, yeah. And then with travel, because it looks like you are traveling to them. Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say if you were taking two a month and you're traveling to them, I would plan on like probably three days a week of visits. Okay. Two or three days a week. But it depends. But that's, it's basically what I had in mind because I scheduled out two weeks for two days of the week for coaching, three days for prenatal visits, and then my weekends to like my online store fulfilling orders and stuff like that. So that's, I do need some time off. There's stuff to move around and I'm also wondering if I am doing coaching, it usually is through video right now. Would you like when you're getting closer to a birth? So as of 36 weeks, we're on call. Do you tend to try and slow down other things so that you're more rested, you're more ready and like you have less commitment so that you can just drop and go to attend someone in birth? Because that's my process of thinking here. Yeah, earlier on, I definitely did that. As I've been doing this longer, I do it a lot less. So okay. I'll still book stuff. I'll still make plans. I didn't even think about it, actually. Like, I have two different, like, parties I scheduled in the next month. One for the full moon and one for my little guy's birthday. I could totally be out of birth either of those days. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even thought about it, honestly. <laughs> Whatever. If I'm not here, then my family will figure it out. But... Yeah, I used to be afraid to, like, make a massage appointment or, like, a hair appointment because I was so worried about having to cancel. And yeah. I just care way less now. I don't know why. I guess I, I didn't want to inconvenience other people. But in my experience, people usually think it's really cool. If you're like, hey, by the way, I have to cancel today. I'm out of birth. They're like, oh, cool. Like, I hope really? it goes great. So I, yeah, I... I mostly don't try to rearrange my life. Obviously, I don't go out of town, but my advice is to try to just be as normal as possible. I still totally get anxious when someone's due date is approaching or past and think about it a lot. And I wish I thought about it less because it doesn't actually help at all (laughs) to be worried about like, when's it going to happen? So that's that's great advice because you're right. Like why rearrange all your life? You might do, you might make it to the massage appointment and then I just canceled it because in case. Yeah. And yeah, it's fun to hear that people are usually excited anyways. And they're like, okay, cool. No problem. Yep. Okay. I'm just thinking if there's anything else coming up regarding what your schedule, like scheduling looks like as a doula and things, but. Yeah. Did I have other questions on that list? I didn't even pull it up myself. 
Uh, logo and square. I think that was it. Oh, okay. about either of those two things. I really enjoy because I've seen other people use Acuity as their booking scheduling app and all of that. I did purchase myself a square for like in-person purchases and everything. And they have a free booking system. Fortunately, they don't have an, it doesn't integrate a form. There's no, because I, I would like if I book online for a first visit that they could fill out some information. So I come in with an idea instead of spending the entire visit, like having to answer the whole questionnaire together. But as a startup, I could be just sending the email afterwards. I'm just wondering if I'm missing something there or yeah. Yeah, I like Acuity. That's what I use. And I have people fill out the form for consult. Yeah. And then for payments, I use Stripe, which you could look at. It's similar to PayPal. And yeah. I can take cards on my phone with, what is their app? It's called Charge Stripe. So I don't even have to swipe it. It's just a just an app and it's super simple. Yeah. Uh, obviously has a charge, but... I haven't used Square. I know my partner Russell has, and he's liked it fine. I don't know if he's still using it or not, but yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't I know if that answers your question. It does. I guess it's just the form thing for me is I would like it to be as automated as possible. Just to take away at least one, like just one step less is like always great. But uh, there must be a way for me to integrate something in it in the settings so i'll keep looking at that yeah there's zapier is that how you say it i don't know z-a-p-i-e-r okay. it's a way to automate all kinds of things and integrate different apps with each other so i have gotten more into that in the last year because yeah as your business grows it becomes unmanageable and anxiety producing to do anything manually. Like just yesterday, I hooked it up. When somebody fills out this form, they get tagged a certain way in our email system. And once they get tagged that way in the email system, it'll automatically send them this email that in the past I would have had to send manually. Uh, and the amount of time it ends up saving is huge. So that said, it's really nice to also use different apps that have more functionality. So you don't have to pay for five different ones, but yeah. I don't know. It's a tricky thing. There's also, are you familiar with Funnel Gorgeous at all? No, I've never heard of that one. They have this new thing that I haven't explored fully because we already have our stuff all set up and to redo it would be a nightmare. But for someone starting out, it's like a site builder. It also integrates, like it has a scheduler included. It's got a lot of functions that were cool. So if somebody was just starting out, it might be worth looking at. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like the Zapier thing. That's, I feel like that's what I was possibly looking for. So I'll look into that. Thank you. Yeah. And this other thing is called and FG I guess Funnels. FG Funnels. Yeah. Yeah. And it'd be especially helpful if you're planning to like ship stuff, I think. I don't know. Like I said, I haven't explored it super fully other than it can build funnels and websites. It can send emails. It can send text messages. It's got a chat widget. You can contact people through Facebook Messenger, call people, send voicemails, has a calendar scheduler, gets reviews. Yeah. So it looks pretty like cool and all inclusive. And then it essentially replaces like I, like we use active campaign for our emailing a lot of people use Kajabi if they have like courses. We don't use that, but we have another thing we use for our courses and then Acuity. And so it's a way to eliminate all this extra stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it's not perfect for everyone, but it might be worth peeking at. And I guess the last thing was just a little bit about like branding and. I don't know. I think I, I let this stop me for a long time. And that's why I was like, you know what? I don't need a logo. Let go of it. I had created this like really cool logo for my previous business that I fell in love with, but it's so detailed and like 
intense. <laughs> that is not yeah. to just be able to repurpose and put everywhere. Like I have a heat press. I make my own t-shirts and stuff like that. I have a like a cry cut machine, whatever. So I was like, perfect. I can do all of these extra stuff myself. But it ended up that the logo is too complex. And so if ever yeah. I create, I know there was a section already in the Birth Warrior that was amazing for business. But in terms of branding, especially if I have, let's say, like the doula business and then my online store that I want to keep separate. I don't know. Do you have like general advice in terms of branding, like aesthetics and stuff like that? Colors. I guess I already picked my colors, but. You picked your colors. Yeah. Uh, general. Do you have a more specific question? I do. I could talk, but I want to make sure it makes sense to what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. I guess more in line with creating a, I'm going to make sure I'm like, it makes sense here. Like branding that keeps in mind, like a long-term vision for growing the business, something that I can create and hold on to for a long time that I don't have to worry about think about anymore like I just want to be able to create it and then okay that's it even if I don't really like it that much later on I just keep going and you see it represents me it's what I do for a business so yeah that's kind of timeless yeah. yeah yeah I think it's a very difficult thing to do which is why people get paid a lot of money to make logos uh, when we first started figuring out branding more we went through a series of like ugly duckling phases and eventually hired somebody to do it and ended up with something we liked that we'd never ever would have thought of and so at some point i think it makes sense to do that depending on your business but there's plenty of businesses that are like pretty really successful especially in the online world right now like it's so easy to start a business and if you have something cool that people want like you can have a crappy logo and nobody cares it's, it's a bonus, I think, but it also isn't totally necessary, yeah. especially depending on the target audience again. So if someone that you want to work with doesn't care that much about it, then I don't think you need to care that much about it. If they are this kind of person who's, I'm picking the doula with the coolest logo, then you should definitely get your coolest logo possible. But if it's something somewhere in the middle, I would just go with simple the less, like you said, like the less little thin lines, the better. Yeah. Because it's super hard to get. Yeah. Yeah. And it just is visually hard to look at, especially when it gets smaller, it starts to just get blurry and like weird. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I learned. Yeah. That. You learned it the hard way. Yeah. So something simple, it doesn't have to be like the most perfect thing in the world. Like you said, timeless. I think fonts are in so many ways more important. I like the one you had on your website. The thing you sent me that says doula des birth services. I yeah. think it'd be even cuter just to have it say DD doula des or whatever in that same font. So they match, I guess is my thought. For where exactly? So at the bottom of the document you sent me, there's this purple little square and it says DD doula des. Oh yes. yes. Okay. But on your website, the font that you use, that says doula des at the top left, I think it's really cute. Okay. So even if you just had doula des in that purple color and you stuck that on things, you might not even need a logo per se. Or the one that you sent me had that like super thin, I think that you could get into trouble with that font. Again, that like really cute little script font. So I would go with something blockier and I also don't see that font anywhere on your website. Unless yeah. I missed it. No, it was created completely on the side. And that's the thing. You have to keep it in line with everything else that I've already created. So mm -hmm. I think I honestly just like the doula des. It's simple. It's, it is, it is like why complicate it more than that. So I like the whole totally. timeless. I can just drag it across everything and yeah, it'd be legible and all. So, Okay. Yeah. Cool. You're rocking it. And I'm excited to hear more about how this all goes for you. You said you already have a client. I do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 
Have you had other consultations or just the one? Just the one so far. And I'm really hoping that I will be able to attend the birth because it will be in a hospital and we don't know how that right now they're not allowing doulas in hospitals. So we'll see. But regardless, I will see her through the postpartum and everything. Yeah, it's a very weird time. Probably said that one million times this year, but where did they find you? It was an acquaintance of mine. So I knew her personally and she found me online, basically just me posting my journey through the Birth Warrior Project and just saying that I'm doing that. I had a consult with a cousin of mine for practice prenatal stuff that she was pregnant. She actually just gave birth not very long ago, beginning of April. So that's exciting. But yeah, she found me online through my social media. That's how she felt that I was doing doula work. And one thing that I didn't mention, Margot, this whole time, I'm really a home birth doula is my primary like target. I didn't even say that. But yeah, I think that it's different because a lot of my area, my surrounding area, I mostly see doulas that work from birth centers or hospitals. There's not like someone that's just home birth. Although of course I'm not just that, but that's my target my target clientele. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's very exciting. Well keep me posted. I will for sure. Thank you so much for answering all my questions and doing this with me. It's been good, very informative. Yeah, you are welcome. Will you remind us one more time where people can find you? Yes, for sure. So my Instagram is doula des Ottawa. My website is deszina, D-E-Z-X-E-N-A dot C-A. And that will be launching very soon. So stay tuned for that. And yeah, that's pretty much our Facebook page, doula des Ottawa as well. Awesome. Sweet. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed what you heard, please hit the subscribe button and give this podcast a five-star review. For more enriching content and conversation around the primal physiological process that is pregnancy, birth, and beyond, please head over to IndieBirth.org. And if you are in the Duluth area seeking prenatal and midwifery support, you can find Margot at DuluthMidwife.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.